Welcome back to Two Tone Take. I am your MC, your fearless football leader. Glad to be here with you as always. And if you're a fan of football, especially the Tennessee Titans, you should be a fan of this podcast. So appreciate you listening. Uh, last episode, we had a recap of the 2021 season. Um, some of that was fun. Some of it was painful, but we did it. We got through it. And now we're on to the next topic. I have, I don't know if you can hear, I have quite the episode today, ladies and gentlemen, uh, boys and girls, whoever may or may not be listening. Uh, today's episode is called The Ryan Tannehill Show, appropriately named because we will be focusing on, as I like to call him, Tanny. Um, probably one of the most controversial, I think, Topics, questions, uh, thoughts after last season's divisional loss and exit was Tannehill as quarterback. Um, And it's been very interesting since then to see not only how the media has reacted, but also how fans have reacted. And here we are um, about to go into training camp. and I think there's still some things up in the air. I, I, it's hard to get a pulse on how people really feel. Uh, but to me, it's a valid question to ask, given the fact that he has now been our starting quarterback for a couple of years, and he's in the middle of that contract extension. Um, it just seemed like a great place to start with the team as we now focus on the current 2022 season. So a couple of questions that I'm going to attempt to answer in this episode is – Is Tannehill still the right or best choice at quarterback for the Titans? Uh, Has he already played his best football, a.k.a. is he regressing? Um, And I'll be honest, this this was more challenging in terms of the research and looking into things than I expected. Uh, But I'm going to attempt to answer those questions or topics today. Um, And again, I'm not a journalist. I didn't go to school for this. I'm a fan, and I love football, especially the Titans. That's my motivation here. And I won't lie, I also love Tannehill. Um, So is there a little bit of bias there? Probably, maybe. You're going to have to deal with it. And I assure you I did my best to set that aside, all right? Um, My thought in how to evaluate this was to really just come at it overall. So we're starting to start with his years in Miami. We know he played with the Dolphins before getting traded to Tennessee. We'll look at his time with Tennessee. We'll look at his uh, past health and or injury issues um, throughout his career. Regular season versus the playoffs, that will be key. Um, There's going to be a hint of what experts, and I have that in quotes, all right? And when I say experts... I'm talking about the media. So I'm talking about, you know, your Colin Cowherds or your Rich Eisens or your Chris Sims, um, you know, and even some people that seem to be based and more affiliated officially with the team in terms of what people are saying about Tannehill as a quarterback. Um, but there's also going to be some elements included here that are out of his control. I think that certainly wanted to be like – have the appropriate approach here, but there's things to consider for a quarterback that don't entirely have to do anything with him. So that is going to include the offensive line, wide receiver separation, and then of course, team health. So that's what's on deck. That's where we will begin. Um, 
Before we move on and actually get started, though, I have to give you a disclaimer, okay? Because I can see some people tuning in and thinking, okay, this is the Ryan Tannehill show, but we already know that Malik Wilkes was drafted during the offseason. We're not going to talk about that in this episode, okay? We will talk about it um, in an episode upcoming. Uh, we'll be looking at all of the Titans draft choices, players that we lost in the offseason or traded, um, and obviously those signed, including Malik Willis, but didn't want to go there in this episode, right? This is specifically about Tannehill. He's still the starter. He's still the guy running uh, things for us, that quarterback. So that's going to be the focus, okay? So we'll get to all the other stuff in other episodes. Let's get back to the Ryan Tannehill show. Um, you know, he was an eighth overall draft pick back in 2012. So top 10 draft pick. Um, granted, it was Miami. And I I can't really remember the last time that anybody cared about the Dolphins or when they really seemed relevant. It's been a long time. I'm pretty sure the last time uh, was with Dan Reno at quarterback. And even then, they had some years that were dark. So gets drafted to the Dolphins. Uh, he was their starting QB for about six seasons. Um, some of the highs for those seasons, he did have 24 or more touchdowns in three of those seasons. He had over 3,200 yards in four of those seasons, and that included back-to-back seasons with over 4,000 yards. Now, on the surface, the yardage definitely sounds fantastic. We do know that sometimes, though, especially with teams that struggle, that can be deceiving. But still, those are some those are some solid numbers to have put up, especially on a team that wasn't good, wasn't competitive. Um, now, he averaged during his time as Miami starting quarterback each season just over 20 touchdowns to 12 interceptions. It's not, not really the best ratio, right? Um, and look, there are certainly some rabbit holes we could go down in terms of, you know, nowadays we break down interceptions in a way that's almost insane where it's like, how many of those were tipped? How many of those interceptions were on the receiver or the defense versus really the quarterback? Was it really a bad read? How probable was the catch? How ideal was the throw? I'm not getting into all that. We're just strictly looking at some of the numbers, okay? Now, 2014 was his best QBR quarterback ranking during his time with Miami, and it still wasn't really great. It was 59.3. Granted, not everyone loves QBR, but we use it. It's there, so we'll touch on it. Um, his average sacks per season. So mind you, this is the average number of times while he was in Miami that he was sacked was 41 times. Like you think about that and it's kind of a wonder that he's still alive. That's a lot of times to get sacked, uh, on average each year. And maybe most notably, and really not surprisingly, no playoff appearances that whole stretch. Um, now, 2017, he actually missed that entire season. So there's nothing really from that year, obviously. Um, but just to kind of give a glimpse into his time with Miami, I think one of the things that's interesting is he suffered with a lot of injuries. Uh, had a thigh bruise that very first season, 2012. Partially torn ACL in 2016. Ended up tearing uh, another one there just before the 2017 season, and that's what kept him out. And then in 2018, he had a shoulder injury, um, essentially a frozen soldier, capsule injury, whatever. But it was interesting to see that Tannehill suffered so many injuries seemingly in those few years with Miami because, let's be honest, he's been Mr. Reliable. I'm going to knock on some wood or something. He's been Mr. Reliable for Tennessee, all right? 
But his time in Miami certainly just marred, if you will, by an underwhelming team all around. You know, inconsistent performance. Some of the yardage was great, but, you know, throwing almost as many interceptions as you are. Touchdowns. Um, and I think if, if everyone takes their brains back, I just – I mean, I, I don't ever really remember Ryan Tannehill being mentioned all that often. Again, he was in Miami, so it's not like he was going to get much attention. Um, I think really the few times it seemed like he did get attention was when the Dolphins would play the Patriots. And that usually didn't bode well uh, for Tannehill or the Dolphins. So those were the first several seasons of his career, right? Basically under the radar, playing in Miami, dealing with some off and on injury issues, Okay. And then we get to the 2019 offseason. Now, to connect the dots with the Titans, we had just come off of um, a season where, you know, Mariota was struggling with health throughout the whole year. We ended up playing the Colts on a Sunday night. If we won, we were in the playoffs. If we lost, we didn't. Well, we didn't win. Blaine Gabbert was in at quarterback. You know, he's Blaine Gabbert. Eh. He didn't do terribly, but he didn't do great. And we lost that game, didn't make the playoffs. So we were coming off, I think, just a, a frustrated season. Um, so in March of 2019, we trade for Tannehill. Now, when you look at this trade, and I think especially given what's happened for Tennessee since, um, it was a brilliant trade. Uh, so we gave a seventh-round draft pick uh, for the 2019 draft as well as a fourth-rounder for the 2020 draft in exchange for Tannehill and a sixth-round pick that year. Uh, so not a bad exchange. The contract was super friendly for the Titans. It got restructured, $7 million fully guaranteed, and there were some incentives involved. And, of course, this is where, again, we know how this season ended up going, so we could get more into those incentives. But they essentially brought him in, restructured the deal, very team-friendly, very Tannehill-friendly. And next thing you know, it's Ryan Tannehill behind Marcus Mariota. And this is where we really focus now on, you know, Tannehill's time as a Titan. And I will say, like, I didn't think a whole lot of this trade. I didn't think much of it. It seemed it seemed fine, right? But I didn't think, oh, we signed Tannehill. I didn't expect him to be the starter. I was really thinking, mind you, this was 2019 Titans brain. I really thought that, you know, Mario was going to find a way to stay healthy, to improve, and do what he needed to do to help us be competitive. Um, but that 2019 season did not start well. Um, we started the season two and four. And, you know, football, you only get so many games. So to start the season two and four was dreadful. Um, and we were just wildly inconsistent. I mean, you know, we opened the season routing the, the Browns. We had 43 points. But then went the next two weeks, couldn't even put up more than 17 points. Scored 24 in, in week four against the Falcons, but then the next two weeks couldn't score more than seven. And it all culminated uh, against the Broncos where we actually got shut out. And this was the game when everything changed. Um, so if you take your brains back to what would have been week six in Denver, um, and I'll never forget watching the game with a, a then friend of mine who also is a Titans friend, it was late third quarter um, when they put Tannehill in. And to be honest with you, I was not happy. I was not happy initially. It was, it was, it was almost frustrating. And I think looking back, most of that was just, I think, disbelief that Mario couldn't figure it out or that he couldn't stay healthy. 
Um, again, I didn't really know what to expect from Tannehill. I'm not sure anybody did. Um, but let's be real. We have to give some credit to Coach Mike Vrabel to understand that like, we were at a breaking point with that season. Even though we didn't win that game, the decision to put Tannehill in, and he based it uh, the idea, I believe what he said after that game and going forward with Tannehill starting, was that we needed a spark. And, and, and to be honest with you, we got it. Okay, So Tannehill comes in. Late in that game, finishes that season seven and three as a Titans starter. Um, you know that particular season threw for seventy percent completions, twenty two interceptions. Remember, throughout his time in Miami, he had barely had more than twenty touchdowns in an entire season. In just ten games, has twenty two touchdowns and only six interceptions. So immediate improvement, almost three thousand yards. 117.5 QBR, and and another thing that I kind of forgot about was he also ended up being the uh, AP Comeback Player of the Year for that particular season. Um, and, it, you know, night and day turnaround, okay? I mean, we were 2-4, and four, not going anywhere, incredibly frustrated, very inconsistent, throws Hanahill in the mix, totally different team. Um, and it's not to say that it's about one player, because football is very unique and that it's really never one player, but... I'm not sure there's a sport where more pressure or praise is put on a particular position of player than football and quarterback. I mean, everything rides or dies on that person, regardless of who the team is. So for us to have that kind of turnaround in the season that we did was insane. And of course, you know the rest of that story. So we go on to win the wild card game on the road against the Patriots. Uh, Tom Brady's last game at Foxborough. We then won the divisional round in Baltimore on the road as well. And then ultimately lost in the AFC Championship game against the Chiefs. So that was his first, I say his, that was Tannehill's first haste as a starter. But again, only 10 games. Uh, So it wasn't until the 2020 season that he ends up with his first full year as starter. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to pick things up with that season and see what happens from there. about Tannehill's time here in Tennessee since being named starter back in 2019. And going to recap a little bit here, his 2020 season. Certainly a unique season uh, given the whole pandemic scenario and how that impacted uh, everything, but football as well. Um, But it really was the first season for Tannehill as a starter with the team, right? So first real glimpse at what that was going to look like. Couldn't have gotten off to a better start. 5-0, and if you remember. Um, and a couple of those games were crazy. You had that overtime win against Houston at home uh, to keep that winning streak going. Scored 30 or, poor, 30 or more points, mind you, uh, in at least eight games. We also went undefeated in overtime that year. Played two overtime games. One, as I mentioned, against the Texans. Uh, the other was on the road in Baltimore. We won both of those. It was a tough season in that we had that early bye week. Um, and, of course, it was a bit chaotic because of the pandemic. But, you know, to have a week four bye is really tough. Um, but I think we, we played it 
really well. Ended up with an overall record of 11 and 5. Won the AFC South, of course, for his part during that season. All right. And again, first full season as Titan starter. Uh, Tanny had 65% completion rate, 33 touchdowns. 33 touchdowns, only seven interceptions. So really building off that efficiency that we saw from that initial year where he played those 10 games in 2019. Over 3,800 yards, 106.5 QBR quarterback ranking. So another solid season. Um, I think that that year, everything just seemed to be in rhythm. It didn't mean that it was easy. Um, But, you know, you saw a lot of the poise and a lot of the focus, determination from Tannehill uh, that Vrabel often calls out. Granted, that season didn't end the way we wanted it to. We lost the wild card game against the Ravens at home, but another solid season, and honestly, an even better season than that initial 2019 campaign. So we're seeing we're seeing the progress, right? Now, going into last year, which is the season that we just recapped before, um, a little bit of a different vibe, right? And and I think this is where things get a little bit interesting and people get a little bit more critical because I think the expectations were much higher, um, especially on Tannehill as opposed to just the team in general. Um, but this past season, right, we started 2-2. Two and two, Then we had the six-game win streak, weeks 5 through 10, ultimately getting that 12-5 record, winning the AFC South yet again, uh, and, of course, the number one AFC seed. If you look at the numbers, Tannehill actually had a little bit better completion rate the 2021 season than 2020, 67%. That actually surprised me because it seemed like in so many games, especially with some of the health struggles, it just wasn't it wasn't clicking as well as we were used to seeing. This is where things weren't great, right? So he had 21 touchdowns, which that's fine. That seems decent. But he also had 14 interceptions. So if we think back to those Miami years, um, you know, that was his just a little above his average during his time there in Miami. Um, So certainly not as ideal, not as efficient. And again, I'm not going into some of the rabbit holes there are around why it was intercepted and was it a poor throw or poor decision on Tannehill's part? Was it tipped and what was the likelihood and all this? But reality is it wasn't as efficient of a season. Um, 3,700 yards, 89.6 QBR. So, you know, again, stats only tell part of the story, but it just wasn't quite as good of a season. And, and I think where things really kind of take a turn or a twist is all of the focus and or criticism and questioning of whether or not Ryan Tannehill should still be the starter seems to ride on the divisional game against the Bengals. And... Look, it's tough because it was not a good game. Um, Tannehill arguably didn't play well. Um, And again, there's a combination to all this. There's multiple things that go into that. You can put some of it on the play calling, and Tannehill doesn't call every play. Um, But he obviously was the one making the reads, making the decisions. He has the ability to read the defense, to change the play. So there's a lot of things you you can, a lot of ways you can look at this. Uh, but again, a lot of people look at that game and they say, man, you know, three interceptions essentially threw the game away. That now makes it back-to-back seasons where the season ends on an interception at home in the playoffs. And next thing you know, it's like everyone's just questioning, well, should he even be a starter? Is this really even the guy? Um, so that kind of 
re, you know, recaps his time in Miami and then his time in Tennessee, which brings us to the regular season versus playoff comparison. Now, this is where I think things become a little less than ideal. Um, a lot of times, especially when you hear those experts, quote unquote, I think a lot of people, they will base whether or not they think a player is great on their playoff performances. And this is true in any sport. Because um, that's what it all comes down to, right? Is winning, but winning when it counts most. It doesn't count any more than in the playoffs. What's tough with Tannehill when you try to look at this is he's played 43 regular season games. Mind you, that is with the Titans, okay? He's only played five playoff games. Now, to kind of play devil's advocate, keep in mind, he didn't go to the playoffs one time in Miami. So in seven seasons with Miami, never went to the playoffs. Every season he's been with the Titans, they've been in the playoffs. Everyone haven't missed the playoffs. Um, that's significant. How do you how do you account for that? How do you measure that? Sometimes it's up to you, the listener, or you, the person reading into it. I think it is significant, though. But only five games at the tough sample, right? If you look at his regular season with us, he's very efficient: seventy-two touchdowns, twenty-seven interceptions. But when you narrow that down to the playoffs. He's only got seven touchdowns and five interceptions. That's not great. Like, there's no way to sugarcoat that. That's not good. It doesn't look right. And you could make a very strong argument that you take away, you know, even two of those interceptions, we probably don't lose the wild card game against the Ravens. We probably don't lose at home against the Bengals. And who knows after that? But one thing you'll learn about me as time goes on is I don't like hypotheticals. Um, I think they're incredibly unhelpful. Uh, especially when it comes to using past hypotheticals because we, we just we can't change it, right? I mean, yeah, it would have been great if he'd been more efficient. We are where we are. Uh, what we're trying to figure out is, is he still the guy we should want at quarterback when we go to play football? Now, his regular season percentage rate for completion, 67%, 62% in the playoffs. So it's really not that far off his rating drops a bit 102 in the regular season just 85.2 in the playoffs so this is where i think you want to talk about the numbers and what they tell you but they're not going to tell you everything um some are going to say that those five games are more than enough to tell you who ryan Tannehill is and you know i'm it's not to name drop but i mean i'm thinking of guys like chris sims right who's very outspoken about quarterbacks always ranking quarterbacks ESPN always throws out a lot of information about quarterback rankings, who's listed where. But then they also will do that same thing where they'll take a game, the game against the Bengals, or they'll take just those five playoff games, and they will use that as their only foundation for how a player is doing. Now, the consensus becomes that Tanny's a good quarterback. I think almost everyone at this point would say he's good, but he's not great. A lot of times he gets labeled with that game manager uh, sort of nickname or thought where you know he can he can find a way to win games for you. So you're going to win games, but when it counts, eh, I don't know. We don't know what we're going to get. Um, so a couple of things that I wanted to point out based on where we're at going into this next season and what those experts are saying. Um, so ESPN, for example... And if you just pull up their list of quarterbacks and where they're at. So Ryan Tannehill is currently ranked 10th, all right? And that's going into this season. Let me give you some names of quarterbacks who are ranked higher than Ryan Tannehill. I think this is a good way to think about it, okay? 
Because think about the Titans, and if you had these other quarterbacks instead of Tannehill, okay? According to ESPN, Kyler Murray is better than Ryan Tannehill. Matt Stafford, granted, he just won the Super Bowl, so fine. Uh, Dak Prescott apparently is better than Ryan Tannehill. You have Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, you know, Brady Mahomes, Rodgers. Look, some of those are going to be obvious, and some of those I'm not going to argue. Um, Dak Prescott, no way. Just no way. Don't understand that. Really don't understand Kyler Murray. But again, this is just some of what you have to kind of consider or keep in mind uh, depending on who you're listening to. Now, Chris Sims, a little more interesting here. He's got Tannehill at 15th going into uh, the season. And a couple of players that are ahead of Tannehill that really astound me. Uh, you've got Deshaun Watson. really don't even want to speak his name, to be honest with you, but I'm going to address it because he's listed on there. Matt Ryan, Matty Ice Ryan, who's like 900 years old and somehow still playing football and now with the Colts. Fuck the Colts. Um, he's ahead of Ryan Tannehill. Derek Carr, right? Lamar Jackson. And I get it. Like, Lamar's won the MVP, but what else has he really done? Meh, not much. Again, Dak Prescott's mentioned. So it's just interesting where people seem to think Tannehill falls. He's not the worst by far, right? He's in that top 15 or so ranking, but he's not the best. And it seems like based on a playoff game or, you know, two playoff games in a row with an interception that was ill-timed, they're going to tell you, eh, he's not the guy. What else could we keep in mind, though? And this is where I think certainly responsibility is ultimately on Tanny. But there are other things involved. And football is such a crazy chess game. You know, you hear coaches talk about it, especially Vrabel. I think people get annoyed with him saying so often that it's all about execution. But there's so many moving parts to what happens on any given play. Um, So there's a few other things that I wanted to keep in mind here. When we're considering whether or not Tannehill is still the guy. Uh, One is that offensive line. And, you know, this is going to be its own episode, its own focus at some point. But I think if there's one thing you you could probably give some valid criticism to for Tennessee as a franchise, I'm not really sure we've ever been known for having the best offensive line. Um, And last season was really rough, okay? I mean, uh, based on uh, some information from Football Outsiders, we were ranked 27th in pass blocking. There's only 32 teams in the league. Okay, that's how bad it was. We had multiple linemen that gave up at least 10 sacks or more. Multiple. All right, and that's going to include guys like Daddy Lewan. So people struggled, and it wasn't just on Tannehill. Um, and granted, we're a run-heavy team, right? Henry's the focus. But remember, Henry missed a good portion of last season. And so even though we still were a run-friendly, run-heavy team with Foreman and with Hilliard, um, we'll talk more about that in future episodes, Obviously, we still had A.J. Brown. We still had Julio Jones. We still had Westbrook Aquino. We still had guys to get the ball to. And I think for Tannehill, being sacked 47 times in 2021, which was seventh most, just didn't help. Um, really made it challenging for him to you know, let the play unfold, make the right read, just really didn't have time. So I think you do want to account for the offensive line. That has to get better. That has to improve. Another thing, and this is uh, this is the first time I've actually seen this thrown out there data-wise, and this is where some of what we're getting now uh, as far as information is kind of cool, um, but wide receiver separation is something that I hadn't really 
thought too much of until recent weeks where I started seeing some tweets and posts about this. Um, but it matters, right? Because the idea is how often and how well are your receivers getting open enough for your quarterback. And if you think about the top three receivers we had last year, A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, and I've got you know Westbrook Akinna, who's really come along. And if you think about it, he's been with the team a couple of years now. You would expect at least from Julio and A.J. Brown to be efficient there. I mean, they're both big physical guys. So you would expect them to have good separation. But the, the fact is our wide receiver class was among some of the worst in that separation concept. So Julio Jones only averaged 2.4 yards. Um, and also, to kind of account for the health aspect, he missed six games. So that's about half a season without one of the best receivers in football last year. Um but when he was playing, eh, he really wasn't maybe as efficient as he could be. A.J. Brown, 2.7 yards, still not great, among the worst. He missed four games, right? So combine that, you got 10 games altogether without Julio or A.J. And when they're playing, they're not being uh, maybe as quick off the ball or, or not being as physical to get open as they could be. Those things matter. Uh, Westbrook Akinna had only 2.7 yards as well. But he also didn't miss any time. thought that was interesting and worth mentioning. Um, so, so it's kind of a lot, uh, a little bit of everything. But where does that essentially leave us? Um, and, and again, trying to keep in mind this idea of whether or not he's the right person, whether or not he's potentially regressing, have we already seen the best? Um, and here's what stood out to me ultimately. All right. Uh, ultimately... Since being named the starter, Tannehill has missed zero games. I will repeat that. Zero games. No health issues that have kept him out. He's been tough. We hear people talk about it all the time. Hasn't missed a single game. Started everyone. And that's 43 games with a record of 30 and 13. Regular season. I get it. But still, that's a reliable quarterback. Okay? That's a we know that when it's time for kickoff, we have no question who's going to run the offense. That's the guy. Uh, Also, in every season uh, that he has been our starting quarterback, we have had a winning record, and we've also had back-to-back seasons of at least 11 wins. 21-plus touchdowns in every season as starting quarterback for the team. 13 game-winning drives. I'm saying all these things, and by the way, I'm not talking about Mahomes. I'm not talking about Rodgers. I'm not talking about Brady. I'm talking about Ryan Tannehill. This is why it's the Ryan Tannehill show. 13 game-winning drives, 11 of those in the fourth quarter, and he's 4-1 in overtime. Um, I think that really speaks especially to that toughness and determination and focus. And regardless of what happens in a game, continuing to push, continuing to get down the field and find ways to score, that's what stands out. So that should give you a sense of where this is going to land, okay? Because, again, the concept here was, is he still the right or best quarterback? In my opinion, Based on everything that we've gone through, I'm going to say for now, yes. Okay, for now, yes. Has he played his best football? Is he regressing? My thought on that is not yet. I don't think that one season with more interceptions than we're used to seeing, especially given how poor the offensive line was, especially given the issues at wide receiver and health overall, I don't think that one season that was a little less sharper than we're used to seeing is enough to say there's regression. Um, That being said, I will say this much. I think that 
given where things are at, where we're headed as a team, franchise, and so forth, this coming season is it. And when I say that, what I mean is I think that this is the season that's going to determine whether or not he really is still the right fit. And if maybe we play out this contract extension and that's it, um, or maybe we turn to Malik Willis instead, um, this is the season. 2022 is going to really determine if for sure he is still the right quarterback and if we're seeing regression. Um, But I personally believe that he's still the right quarterback to have. Um, Honestly, I, I don't think that we would have anywhere near the success we've had in recent years without him. I'm thrilled he's still a quarterback. I'm excited to see what he can do with some of the new pieces uh, on the offense. And I think that, especially for the Titans fan base, it doesn't seem like we appreciate him enough. Um, so all that to say, let's take a look at how this season goes. Let's let's see how it develops. Um, but I still believe in Ryan Tannehill. I still think he's the guy. I don't think we've seen his best. And I'm thrilled to see how he helps Uh, lead this team in the 2022 season. So uh, that, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, that's the Ryan Tannehill Show. That's all I have on this particular episode. Uh, Future episodes are going to be fantastic. We're going to be talking about Derrick Henry. We're going to be talking about the defense. We're going to be talking about the draft choices that we've made uh, and and other things like training camp. So appreciate you listening and look forward to speaking with you yet again. Two turn tape.